Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. CrossFit? What's the most Christian church sign pun that I can pull off from CrossFit? Are you fit for the cross? The cross fits you? Jesus was CrossFit? Jesus was fit for the cross? I'm really running out of ideas here. So let's just get around to the topic at hand. Significance. I know, I know, you were expecting me to say CrossFit. But we are going to be interviewing an individual who does CrossFit, not Gabe. A legit CrossFit fiend, a CrossFit trainer, basically somebody who knows 100% more than Gabe does about CrossFit and is 100% better at it than Gabe. (laughs) And we'll be talking about why that is significant, or at least how it gels with our conversation about significance. So with that, we are Pine Class Preachers, Gabe, Josh, and Tom. Let's go. CrossFit! (laughs) I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to laugh during your intro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just you know, though, Tom, we do yell CrossFit at the beginning of every time we work out. No, you I don't. Know. I oh, right? don't. No, we don't do that. Oh, I didn't know. And like <laughs> CrossFit. No, no one does that. No one. Uh, it, was, it was wholly believable yet totally unbelievable, which is probably why I giggled. Hey, you believe because it is absurd. Hey, if I get, if I can hey. get a oh, giggle man. out of you, oh. then we're we're all good. Yeah, for Listen, sure, for sure. Before we get into this is a significant thing that I'd like to bring up. Please. On the front end. Please and thank you. We tend to focus uh especially when it comes to significance in the Christian church on the great commission, right? As our role to evangelize the world. Sure. Okay. Did you ever notice that and I just uh happened to actually discover this just this last weekend. The verse pr- directly preceding the great commission says that the 11 when Jesus appeared to them after after the resurrection, they worshiped him Though some had their doubts. Yeah. Did you know that? Just noticed that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm a terrible pastor. I just I, I just noticed that. I mean, I've seen other instances of doubt. You know, like Abraham, even in, even though he's credited righteousness, uh, you know, still doubted and that kind of thing. But in this moment, I was like, wow, this is crazy that we consider this a, a landmark and a fundamental, like, commandment yep. of Jesus. And the eleven. Not like crowds of people, but the 11 who were with Jesus for so many years. They worshiped him, though some had their doubts. I mean, that's a pretty significant well, thing, in my opinion. You know, I texted you guys this the other day, but I, it to me, it shows the power of Pentecost and like the coming of the Holy Spirit, because we have all the run up to this. We have Peter and all these disciples like questioning and wondering and asking stupid questions and doing stupid things. And then the Holy Spirit comes and all of a sudden Peter is the greatest preacher in the world. You know, I a mean, real just, Josh Woodrow. Yeah. A real who apparently just read his Bible for the first time. <laughs> The best preachers. That's how we do it. That's good. Keep it fresh. Hey, gents, what are we drinking tonight? Well, I'm going to start us off because I've got a real drink here tonight. I am drinking a sidecar, which is a beautiful concoction uh, put together with two parts bourbon uh, or cognac, uh, one part orange liqueur, and uh, and one part uh, lemon juice. And you put that together. 
put it in a glass, throw some ice cubes in, stir it, do not shake, stir it, and then throw it in a a uh, a glass. And it is it is a refreshing, wonderful drink. Sounds delightful. But can you explain something really quick to me? What's the difference between stirring and shaking? Like, what does it actually? That's a great question. Sure. So there's a really uh, it's a significant thing when you shake. What happens is uh, ice cubes will break up. The more the uh, the more contact the alcohol has with surface of ice, uh, it's going to water it down. And so, really, when you talk about James Bond, who wants his his vodka martini shaken and not stirred. First of all, vodka martinis are not a thing. They're always supposed to be made with gin. Come on. Se- secondly, when you shake it, you're making it much weaker. So he is making, he is always asking for a weak non-drink. No, no, no. He wants it. Sh- oh, you're right. Sorry. Shaken, not stirred. Yeah, you're right. Shaken, right. not stirred. So stirring it gently chills it, but doesn't water it down. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Very nice. Same Very thing. Nice. If, if you're, if you're going to do a, uh, a finger or two of, of of your favorite whiskey or or scotch, and you want to put an ice cube in it to cool it down. Put it in gently so you don't break the ice cube. It's so fascinating, but a sound a sidecar sounds really really yummy. It is. It's like actually pretty sound. good. So for me, it's almost equally as yummy as I am once again doing Whole Thirty. It's kind of not that fun anymore. Oh. Shocker. Um. So drinking a tangerine Lacroix. It's naturally essenced. Wait, did you say tangerine liqueur? Lacroix. Oh, liqueur. So yeah. basically, if you're you're drinking carbonated, gross water, that if you think really hard about a tangerine, you can maybe taste it. it it's exactly right. All right cool. Tonight, you'll see tangerines. I can't wait. Budding. I can't wait. With how flowers. about you? How about you, Josh? Hey, you know, normally I'm just an IPA fiend, but uh, today when I visited my local food city, once again for the Growler Station refill, uh, doubly surprised. First, a delightful Oktoberfest slash Merzen style beer from Highwire Brewing Company out of North Carolina. Hey, tell you what, I really hope this uh, Hurricane Florence thing doesn't destroy that state. And number two, <laughs> on a that was. Too soon. You're going to feel so, terrible if it's really, really bad. So insensitive. I'm sorry, North Carolina, because I'd really like to drink more high-wire beer. Um, however, it's called their Zirkus Fest, not Circus yeah. Fest. Zirkus Fest. Zirkus um, Fest. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is just absolutely delightful. And not only that, but to my surprise, if I got a growler fill of that particular beer, I got a free high-wire growler. Woo! So not only do I have a delicious Oktoberfest, I've got a free growler. Wow. That's a We're win-win. So proud of you, Josh. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. Yep. It's yep. no Tangerine LaCroix, but it'll have to do. No doubt. No doubt. Well, gang, uh, tonight we are talking about living a life of significance. We are in part two of three of this little mini-series on significance we're doing. So kind of last week we did the sort of big intro to it. What does that actually mean? What does it mean to live a life of significance? Uh, next episode, we are going to do kind of a, a theology of significance, if you will. But this week, we thought we'd go a bit more practical and say, now, what's that look like in the life of an individual and uh, and how they embody it? And so we are going to have a very special interview uh, with uh, my coach at CrossFit at Wolverine Strength and Conditioning, uh, Sarah Lewis. She's uh, awesome. It's a great interview. 
Uh, she's a great person, and uh, I hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, but before we get to that interview, I, go on, Tom. Before we even go there, I think it's important to, to note that, you know, in our last episode, we talked about the whole gambit of, uh, of significance and that in our American culture, we often think of significance as someone who has made a ton of money or started a nonprofit to save all the children or, uh, you know, something like that. But more often than not, 99.9% of us uh, don't necessarily lead those types of lives, but we still lead lives of significance in potentially small ways or in potentially big ways that we often don't think of culturally as as super significant. I think the whole point of us talking with our guest here tonight is showing how she has a really significant impact on people, even though it's, you know, she's not nationally known. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like that significance, as we maybe discussed about uh, last episode, is like it's about influence. It's about influence in the sphere that you have and how you use that. Well, I think we all know she'll be nationally recognized and known after being on Pint Glass Preachers tonight. Oh, dozens of people around this fair Without country. question. Yep. Yep. You know, it is I true. Think, I think it's, it's high time that, you know, we have d- done the self-deprecating jokes around dozens of people. I think we can almost say hundreds of people wow i mean are we at that point i think we are we josh keeps talking about all the downloads we get and i think we can say hundreds so actually in that vein i we do maybe should take a minute and just say thanks to uh the good listener thanks for listening thanks for sharing with your friends and your family and whoever else you do that you're encouraging folks to listen to this uh we we really do appreciate that. And we do love to hear from you. And so we'd love to hear from you in any social media channel you use, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that'd be great. Uh, we're on them. We use them sparingly, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we, we, we are there. We are there. Uh, but really the best way to, uh, get a hold of us and to send us your questions, your thoughts, your reactions, whatever, uh, are to, to text us in. And, uh, our text in number is of course, 612 612- Two zero eight six two five eight, and so we'd love to hear you six one two two zero eight six two five eight. Send us questions, send us comments, send us concerns. We always appreciate them. And with that, I think it's high time we got to the interview. Let's go to break. Hey everyone, I am so excited to uh, get us rolling on our interview for this week's episode. Um, Man, we are in the midst of this uh, three-part series that we're doing on a life of significance. And I thought it would be so awesome to have someone who is uh, significant in my life, Uh, my my good friend, Sarah Lewis. She is a coach at uh, the CrossFit gym that that I get to go to. You all heard me talk about it and how impressive my skills are there, uh, which she will verify very shortly. Um, and uh, so she's a, a CrossFit uh, coach. She's an uh, intern with uh, CrossFit Gymnastics and is also a USA weightlifting sports performance coach and just 
all around great gal. Uh, and so Sarah, we're so glad to have you with us. Welcome to Pine Class Preachers. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so of course, whenever we have a guest on, we like to ask them what they're drinking. You know, Pine Class Preachers, we're gathered around the, the, the table, having beers together. What's your beverage of choice tonight? Um, my beverage's choice is a yogi bedtime tea. It's incredible. Mm. Strong. Sounds real and, strong. And, and, yeah. what, and what kind of booze is in that? <laughs> um, you know, you would have to ask the bartender. I'm not sure, but nice. can't really taste it. Oh, hidden well. I feel like we should, we should start over, rewind like a day and a half, and Gabe should remind her, our guests there to have a beer alcohol <laughs> actually if you don't mind sir do you want to share why you probably can't have booze right now me no sarah not you yeah like, sure oh, gosh, Tom. <laughs> okay so if you guys ever have me on again i will definitely partake but i am in two days headed out to las vegas to compete in a big weightlifting meet and unfortunately before you compete you have to weigh in and Beers, extra calories, extra pounds. So that's why I'm skipping out on it tonight. Oh, well, is, that seems you know, like a decent reason. Sarah, is is it someone, also, yeah, it's a, I think it's a valid excuse. Sure. Th that's like a, a, a big thing that you've been working up to. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a competition and there's lots of different things that you have to do for it. Whereas Gabe, like just every fifth episode is like, yeah, I'm doing whole 30 just for like funsies. And then he's out for like a month and a half. So Oh, there it is. The LaCroix. Oh, yeah. I forgot. This isn't a visual podcast, but for those of you, the good listener, I showed my LaCroix to Tom for, in fact, I am doing Whole30 right now. Oh, my gosh. Sarah, out of I'm doing out of whole, 30, a whole 30 ounces of whatever it is I'm drinking. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. Hey, Sarah, out of curiosity, um, with that illustrious bio in vocation introduction whatever we want to call it tonight did you How just you... call it an invocation <laughs> i did yeah i couldn't think of the word introduction for some reason uh but as <laughs> someone who, who used to, who used to lift weights back in the day and now the only weights that i lift are growlers full of beer um what exactly like just i would like for you to blow my mind with the like what what weight are you going to be lifting this week like what is your what are you going to max out at in this competition um, so it's a little bit of strategy. You only get three chances to do each lift. So you got to kind of go for something to start with that, you know, you can hit. And then after that kind of cross your fingers and go for something super heavy. Um, okay. everything's also in kilos, which is super confusing to Americans. Ooh, um, super confusing to me. Like it me actually kind of helps because I have no idea what I'm lifting, but if we convert it to pounds in the snatch, I'm going to try and go for around 135 pounds and then in the clean jerk i'm gonna probably try and go for like 170 ish wow nice and how tall are you if you don't mind me asking um five one and a half okay so i feel like that's actually a pretty substantial like that's a pretty substantial amount of weight yeah i feel like a leprechaun standing next to gabe but it's true it's true <laughs> who, who doesn't though? who tall. doesn't i am tall you know um, sarah <laughs> You know, I just spent uh, I, I just spent two weeks in Peru, and I was for half of it, I was with a bunch of Brits, and we were discussing the the metric system and how it is my belief that we should just suck it up and and move to the metric Great. system. Have two two tough years of trying to figure this out: how fast <laughs> I'm going, how much I'm drinking, you know, things like that. Um, but 
but maybe they just should, should switch to the dollar so that we can, you know, even Stevens then and just have everything work out. Yeah, that seems fair. They actually agreed. I do. I do like that idea a lot, actually, Tom. Yeah, because I've always thought I mean, it's bizarre that we're not on the metric system. I'm I'm ahead of the game because as a, a coffee roaster for almost a decade now, all we operate in is is metrics and kilos. So, I mean, I know the conversion tables. So, if you guys need any help with your mathematics, you know who to talk to. Josh, we're really impressed with how hipster your mathematics are. <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm only saying that. I, probably never. I'm only saying. Listen, I'm only saying that because coffee in my life has come to take a place of of high significance okay okay like uh, it has created don't, meaning don't. on a Did number you, of levels for me awful transition. So I would like, what are you even doing so i would like to use my coffee snobbery okay. to <laughs> then transition us okay so that we're stop blabbering with our guest okay and just get down to business people. get down to business no 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 no, okay. no, no. It, it should be pointed out that your three contributions to this episode so far have been <laughs> invocation pretentious coffee reference and then really poor transition a really that bad has one. Been, you that's are been your three welcome you are so welcome uh so sarah welcome again uh we're we are so glad to have you here and so as we're thinking about this idea of a uh, a life of significance um i just I, I think it would be helpful for for our listeners and uh and for myself and, and Tom and Josh, just hear how you ended up in uh, the, the CrossFit coaching world. And maybe I'll do a little preamble here. I mean, a lot of people are familiar with CrossFit, perhaps through the game, seeing it on TV or through the, the document documentaries. That's how you say that word. Um, or or through the boxes that sort of pop up in cities all over this uh, this fine world. Um, but so how did you end up, Sarah, as, as a coach in a CrossFit gym? Um, so I started out as a member first, uh, sucked at everything, but I loved it. I was like, this is so cool. I'm awful. Kind of like how you probably feel Gabe now, (laughs) but, uh, and then I was like, but it's cool. It's challenging every day. And so I was a member, graduated college. I went to U of M and then I got one of those cool salaried jobs that my parents were so proud of. Um, worked in the software industry. I taught people how to use our software. So when a company would buy it, they would send me there. And it was just really unfulfilling. I would walk into a room full of people and they would be like, oh, she's here. And I was like, who is she? But the she was me that they weren't excited to see. (laughs) Um, And so something about kind of doing that day after day just made me really unhappy. And I was like, well, what's the only thing that is really, really happy in my life. And that was my one hour that I spent at the CrossFit gym. So I talked to our head coach about interning with him. And then I basically started shadowing. And then he was just like, things are working. And I was like, I like it. And so then I jumped ship at my real job, told my parents, and now I'm here today. The rest is history. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And you've got you're coming up on one year under your belt at the gym as, uh, as a coach. Or you just passed it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. nice. Awesome. Yeah. I raised a glass of bedtime tea to myself to celebrate. Nice. Hey, happy anniversary. <laughs> we'll toast to that. That's good. That's good. Um, awesome. So I think that's that's really interesting. And I, and I remember, um, you know, a while back when you and I like talked about it the first time and you just shared a little bit of your story with me, you talked about also noticing that like, the job you were doing uh, before being a coach, like that 
while not every aspect of it was your favorite or fulfilling, you found like your strength and what you liked was in actually the actual piece of teaching people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and so how, like, how's that? It sounds weird, but how does like teaching software transfer to coaching at a gym? Um, so the way I approached teaching the software was teaching my grandma how to use Microsoft Word. That was kind of the analogy that I used. So try and make it simple. Focus Ah, on the basics. Same exact thing when a brand new person walks into the CrossFit gym. They probably have no idea what a snatch or a thruster or a wall ball even is. So treating it the exact same way, trying to teach my grandma how to use Microsoft Word and making them focus on the basics, you know, where to click, what to do with your legs, what to do with your arms, things like that. So that's kind of the transfer over for that for me. Nice. Well, that's like, yeah. So like you mentioned like snatch and thruster. And I was like, I remember when I first heard those words, I was like, um, we don't do that in my family. Uh, it right. was like, <laughs> I was like, what are these words? Uh, so, okay. Very cool. Um, and so you mentioned though, like for you, you're like, man, the one hour a day, that's like my favorite or however often you're going, um, like, is, is at the gym and then in coaching. So I, let me ask this, like you find coaching fulfilling right now? Oh yes. Every yeah. single day. Like I wake up early and people always ask me, how do you wake up so early? It must be so hard, but I'm so excited to get there every single day and teach that first class. It doesn't even make it hard to wake up. Wow. Just pop right out of bed. So then, I mean, the, yeah. The question that that begs is like, so why? Like, why does that motivate you? What's uh, what's the impetus that drives you? So the thing that's really driving me right now, especially as I approach that one year mark, is I've started to see people that I have brought into the gym or have had their very first class with me, and I'm starting to see the changes in those people. So people that started around the same ish time that I started coaching are now growing so much in other aspects of their life. I see them happier, healthier, more confident, things like that. And it's just makes me really happy to see that because I know I played a part in it. Very cool. That's got to, I mean, that's got to be pretty fulfilling to see that on the back end. Um, One thing I'm curious about is like, what was the, what was the, the internal struggle like to, to make the shift? I mean, I feel like it would have to have some kind of anxiety, some kind of fear to jump from a really secure and stable, albeit super boring and, and what, what you make it sound like a very unchallenging job in the sense that that you were expecting or wanted out of your life. What was that transition or like, what, what really was the catalyst for you to, to kind of take the plunge, jump off the deep end, you know, um, and say, you know, this, this is kind of crazy, but I feel like it, it seems to be more important and, and more significant, um, potentially now and in the future of my life. Like, what was that like? Would, would, if you wouldn't mind walking us through, um, you know, that kind of those, those steps of transitioning out of that corporate job into, you know, a CrossFit job. Sure. Um, I think it transfers first with myself becoming a CrossFit athlete and starting to do CrossFit. Just be switching from, I played like hockey a little bit, did some working out, not really anything. And then jumping into CrossFit taught me a lot about kind of trusting myself, knowing that working hard pays off and knowing that a challenge is going to be awesome. Like I said, when I first started, I sucked and I was like, I love this. And it kept challenging me every single day. Um, 
that I think gave me a lot of confidence once I decided that I liked coaching and I saw how it challenged me. I was like, this is kind of the same thing. And then um, we also have a head coach who I just saw so happy every single day. And I was like, that's something that I want. And so he was a really big mentor for me. And he was the person that I shadowed um, when I first started kind of getting into the coaching world and just seeing how fulfilled that he was, was also kind of like uh, pushed me a little bit. Mm. Cool. cool. Thanks for sharing. It's good. So one of the questions that I, that I think of, I, uh, I have been mercilessly teased for being the old man in the group here. Uh, I mean, which over... so it's not really teasing. It's just kind of truth. Sure. It, it's just kind of truth. And, and, and from that comes uh, a vast amount of wisdom and knowledge that the rest <laughs> of this group doesn't have. Um, cause they're still just trying to figure out how do I tie this diaper onto my baby? Um, so yeah, well, you're busy trying to figure out how you tie a diaper on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, that I can't come back from that. That was really um, good. So knowing that CrossFit is an extremely, uh, physical thing you're talking about, about coaching others and things like that. Um, and I, this is not, this is not a, an old man trying to like, when are you going to figure things out kind of thing? But like, what, what, how do we, how do you take these skills um, and, and, and passions around something that's very physical that, that will uh, eventually not be possible to do, you know, as, as you get into older age. And um, I mean, I don't know how many 55 year old CrossFit, CrossFit trainers are there. I, I have no idea, you know, like um, how, how do you transition some of these clear passions and clear skills that you have. And maybe that's just an undefinable question. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to transition some of my skills that I have in, you know, 20 years from now. Um, well, I will start with saying that my dad is actually a 56 year old CrossFit trainer. Okay. Um, just there we so go. You know, there just you go. so you know. <laughs> um, but I think that even though it is so physical, I, as I get better at coaching and developing kind of my coaching eye and my coaching ability, I can do a lot more with kind of my words and putting people in the right positions rather than specifically demoing things myself. I can always rely on someone else in the class who can do a movement way better than me to demo something. You're welcome. You're welcome, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you, Gabe, for that. Nobody oh. believes that. Nobody yeah, believes no, that. Single, yeah. You're like, you're the one that she puts in a position of like, if you do this, you'll break your leg. Yeah. It's like, you like guys we always there. joke around the game yeah. like show stuff, and we're like, Gabe, this is, this is radio. This is, you know, people are listening to this. They can't see it. Um, everybody has, all of our listeners have never seen Gabe, but they all know that Gabe is not possible pulling up yeah. 95% no, of the things true. that you talk about. So no, no it's true. It's true. Well, that was, I think, my favorite day in class. Uh, Sarah, I don't know if you'll remember this, but uh, my favorite day was you needed someone to demo something. You're like, or someone to demo something the wrong way. And you go, Gabe, you suck at CrossFit. Why don't you show everyone how to do this wrong? And I was like, all right, I, this this is my time to shine. So, yeah, exactly. And you yeah. stepped into a plate and you, I, I was proud. You Thank did what you. I asked you to do. I did. <laughs> I didn't think about it. I can't emphasize how little I thought. It was, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I do think though, like, uh, so like, obviously that was a hilarious thing, but um, you, in, and I've talked to you a little bit about this too, like uh, 
you're very encouraging as a coach. Like, you know, as I think some people can think of like a, a fitness coach being like, come on, do it. Or I'm going to kill you. And, and like, you certainly like encourage people and, and push people to, to do their best. Um, but as I shared with you before, I think like the language that you choose to use and when you choose to use it and that sort of thing, I think, I mean, it, may, it certainly made a, a difference for me. Is there, do you put a lot of thought into that or are you just kind of like, just whatever comes out where you're at comes out? Um, well, I will tell you that the jokes that I use, I yeah. practice the night before in the mirror just Good. to make sure the Good. delivery is on. Um, but I found that I do plan out kind of my classes as far as how I'm going to lay things out, where I'm going to put people, what I'm going to do for the warm up. But a lot of it is really just on point. I need to make a decision and tell that person what they need to fix and know the right way to fix them, mm -hmm. which is where kind of that relationship building part of CrossFit comes in. If I coach someone every single day at the same time, I kind of know exactly what they need. Um, until then, it's me knowing a thousand ways to say the exact same thing and trying different things until something works. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It's, I mean, I, I, I hate to make this connection, but as you've been talking, Sarah, it's like, this just sounds so familiar. Um, not the CrossFit part, because I <laughs> definitely don't do that. And I like how Sarah laughed really quick at that. It's good. Oh, yeah. It is obvious um, that, that that's just not part of my rhythm of life. Um, however, but like, from what you've been talking about, it seems as if like you made the shift when, when you jumped into kind of like, you know, in full fledged into CrossFit coaching, like, and to sort of rebuff Tom's inane commentary. Um, you know, like, what are you talking that, about? Well, you're like, oh, what are you gonna do when you're old? You can't do cross when you're old. And like, everything she's talking about is like these really I strong didn't say that. Really I didn't strong say leadership that. skills, I... interpersonal relationships, like, oh my gosh, you, know, gosh. you know, development of, of, of people underneath her. And like, it's it's just something I, I don't think I would have put all those things into CrossFit coaching, uh, if I'm being quite honest. Like, you know what I mean? Like my only experience going to the gym and watching like people train, you know, like personal trainers is like trying to get the grandma to be able to lift like five pound weights. You know what I mean? And given I'm completely oblivious to the CrossFit world, but it just seems as if there was this this kind of deeper sense of almost connectivity with with people uh, that went beyond just Hey, I want to make you do burpees or something like that. You know what I mean? It was almost like this the, the sense of CrossFit community has nothing to do with Gabe CrossFit roid raging all the time, um, but more with the idea of like really figuring out how to engage with other human beings on some of the most fundamental levels uh, because you get to see them like when they're dying, when they're having trouble, you know, figuring out a skill or learning a new skill, struggling, you know, just to like pull off a move or like Gabe just struggling in general just to live. <laughs> it's true. You know, Josh, you stole my thunder because I was on my way to complimenting her about a skill that that very few people have is motivating people in different ways, finding what motivates people, learning how to say the same thing in a thousand different ways because 999 of them aren't going to work, but that finding the one that does. And I think to have that skill is amazing um, and is a transferable skill moving forward. Um, if you had been listening to anything I said, um, <laughs> you know, I, I I just said, how do you transfer those passions as you get older? We talked about a 55-year-old CrossFit trainer. I 
what about an 80 year old CrossFit trainer? Do, do your, my question was more around, do, do your passions allow you to, uh, allow you to want to own your own CrossFit studio where you have other people who are okay. For our good listeners out there, um, there is a show on ESPN called The Dan Levitard Show, and he gets so angry every time their guest, Greg Cody, does things like sneeze or I muted my mic. When they Did that not sneeze. work? No, oh, my God. Oh, the entire world. Are you kidding me? And I you're... pushed... I pushed the mute button on my microphone. Why? Can you hear no, me? No, you did not. No, Dude, you I did not. You watched me. For those of you who can't see, you and I'm sort of flipping you off, Tom, intention here. <laughs> I pushed that mute button on my microphone. Let's do a quick test. Hold on. So you can hear me right now? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Something's something's broken on this microphone. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Sarah, right. do you want to come on my podcast and listen to my two friends fight with each other? Okay. I'm sorry yeah. I had to sneeze. I'm sorry I had to sneeze. No, I would just, I would like to reiterate how I think it's a wonderful skill that you have that, again, motivating people in multiple different ways and finding that is, I believe is significant because I think very few people have that skill. Thank you. Yeah. See, look well, at that. I said something nice. Way to go, Tom. No, and I think, so, you know, to maybe like uh, close us down here to, to move us towards some some final talking points is... Uh, I think as we're thinking about this idea of a life of significance, um, you know, it's possible that that someone could say, ah, you know, what's what's a coach at a CrossFit gym? Like, why why is that significant? And I think that as we've explored Sarah's story and she shared it with us, like we can see that that in in the relationship she forms with the people she coaches, in the lives that change through really helping people discipline their bodies transfers to discipline in their lives, transfers to, to more fruitfulness in their lives. And so to play a part in that is significant and it matters. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think, I think we can kind of say that. And I guess my encouragement to our, our good listeners to say, to think about your work, to think about what it is that you do that you may take for granted and be like, man, what is it that I'm doing? How am I actually being significant? And to actually think through it at this level and be like, Oh, actually I'm affecting that person. I'm affecting that person. And, and maybe I'm encouraging someone. And it's going to take me a thousand different ways of saying it to to speak life into someone. Yeah, Tom. So, so to to jump off that, I'd love to hear. You know, maybe this is our feel good story to 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 take us out. But give me a story of where you've where you've not only felt that you helped somebody that you got them from point A to B that 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 you really felt good about the coaching that you gave and that, th and that you received that positive feedback as well from that person. Do you, do you have a story like that? Yeah. If you got tissues. Yeah, right. we got tissues. Let's do this. <laughs> I have an old the first time that we cry on pine class preachers. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, every single person that I help daily, I know that I'm helping them. Um, but there's one individual that really, really sticks out that I've been working a lot with lately. Um, he is a Vietnam veteran. He's also had cancer multiple times. And one day I was coaching him and he said to me, you know, Sarah, when I went in for my first chemo, they said I would never do CrossFit again. And here I am learning new skills after 10 years of doing CrossFit because of your help. And 
I got dirt in my eye, like when he said that, mm. and I had to <laughs> just wipe it away. It it meant a lot to me, and you couldn't wipe the smile off my face for like ever months after that. So that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Significant. That's significant. I mean, that that really, really is. Yeah, Amazing. that's really cool. Really cool. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for being on here. Is there anything else do you want to say? Do you have anything you're like, oh, I kind of want to say this and I didn't get to? Um, not that I can think of. Just thank you guys so much. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Notification come up on my phone every time you guys upload a new episode and I listen to it right away. So I love you guys and super awesome to actually meet you, the rest of you in person. Oh, thanks, Sarah. <laughs> it's good to meet you, Sarah. Uh, before we let you go, we would love if you want, if you want more people to follow you. And I know you do some like online, is it online coaching? You have like an online business as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, where can people find you online if they want to follow you and, and learn how to get as swole as me? <laughs> right, I'm a bad example. Um, so my Instagram name is at Wolverine underscore Sarah, and that's going to be where I'm most active posting about kind of the things I'm doing. Um, every Tuesday I post some tip as far as some sort of CrossFit movement. And then on Thursday, I like to post something that's kind of how you can maximize the other 23 hours of your day. So the, the time where you aren't in the gym, so nutrition tips, sleep tips, things like that. Um, I also post about that online coaching thing that I do. It's called Kai Athletics. So if you just go to my Instagram page, you can find all that information there. Message me. I'd love to talk to you. Awesome. At Wolverine underscore Sarah. With an H at the end. With an H. With an, With an H. Because she has a soul. So good. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's awesome having you on here. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, guys. My friends we are back and uh man that was a fun interview with sarah it was great to uh to talk with her and hear a little bit of her story and kind of what motivates her in living a life of significance and uh and so thanks sarah again for being on here with us we uh we super appreciate it uh before we close out we uh we like to uh just sort of wrap things up but uh but to be honest we we kind of are feeling a bit more cliffhangery uh is that not right, Tom. I mean, what what are we thinking as we move forward from this point? No, I mean to be honest, you know, we go to these breaks because we pretend like we're going to have advertisers who are filling that time with paying One revenue. Day. You know, One things day. like that. There's money in my pocket. <laughs> Whoa! But what? you know, as we're sitting at break, the the three of us are talking out like, where do we want to go from this? Because as we said, we kind of started our first episode with with kind of the general how does our culture see significance and things like that. Today, we interviewed Sarah and had a really good conversation about what it means to lead a life of significance in our everyday lives for the 99.9% .9 of us who are not CEOs of companies or, you know, doing Founders the most amazing large thing. nonprofits or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, so I think we got a really great idea of what, of what that looks like. And so now I think the, the next place we want to move is, is what this looks like from a theological perspective. And so... 
like I don't want to say any more about it right now. I think we I think we just make that the next episode. And yeah. so I mean, and let's be honest, how many people listen to us after our our second break anyway? Very few. Very few. If you do, text us at 612-208-658 and we'll be Please very do. We'll be very yes. I mean, we, we all know Chip only listens to the first 20 minutes, but does he listen to the last 20? Mm, no, we'll know. We know he doesn't. All right. That's it. We're going to we're gonna move on out, and our next episode is going to be kind of the, the follow-up to this. And so hope you hang with us. In the meantime, we'll probably have a B-side or something like that. 